we control our lives through the touch of a smartphone. And the idea of you know waiting a month to buy something, waiting a month to do anything is, is kind of alien now. Everything's immediate, but we still have to wait to the end of the month to get the money we've already paid. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Alex Barr from Currency Cloud. And today I'm joined by James Herbert from Hasty. Hi, Alex. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well. Great to have you with us today. Um, thank you for joining me. James, for our listeners, could you um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Absolutely. It's great to be here, Alex. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I am the founder and CEO of Hasty, the earnings on demand and financial health and productivity platform. Brilliant. So, so James, just to, to, to go into a bit about Hasty, what led to the, to the creation of the organization? What premise was it founded on? Um, I guess that's the easy way to, to talk through that really is probably a little bit about my background. So I founded my first business, a company called Brightsparks, a staffing business uh, while at university. And that's gone on to employ about 20,000 people now. And I guess during that time, it was a problem I saw at the coalface there. Let me take an example of, of Royal Ascot, obviously the big horse racing uh, event that happens in the early summer or normally does. And uh, that company would employ you know, a couple of hundred students mainly to work, work at that event. And you, you know, people are working Tuesday through to, to Saturday uh, and, say, earning £100 a day. Problem is, you, you get to kind of Friday and you've got 25% of the people are phoning up saying, I really want to work, but I, I haven't got the money to pay for the train fare to get there. So they're in what I call the cash trap. Uh, if they you know, had £20, they could go and earn 200 And that's obviously a negative for, for them. It's a negative for the company, my previous business, because it was in, you, you're losing the ability to use that resource, the, you know, the vital human beings, the, the workforce. And obviously, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a negative for the end customer as well, because they don't have those people coming back and serving in the boxes and serving the bar of all of that you know, great fun event. Uh, and the irony, of course, is that they've already worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They just can't get paid until the end of the following week. So it's like, how do we get the money into their hands for those few days so they can, you know, go on and, and earn more? Uh, and of course, you know, like all big businesses, Ascot doesn't pay till 60, 90 days, end of month, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of staff and businesses were, were using factoring, invoice discounting. Uh, and I was kind of like, hey, is there a way of giving people access to, to factoring themselves, to factor their own, their own pay. And that was kind of where the light bulb moment came from, was how do we actually get cash in the hands of the workers that they, so they can actually go out, get out of that liquidity trap, get out of that cash trap, and go and you know, be more productive for themselves and for, for their employer, ultimately for the end customer. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting concept. And I suppose it's the the earnings on demand and 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 what you talk about with the, the changes in in wages and payroll i suppose has seen a huge shift right since what well, i suppose the 1960s really i suppose since the wage act where people were being paid by checks monthly weren't they so i suppose yeah you talk about how important the how important payroll is and 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 the cash trap so i suppose it's 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 a business that's been bred out of what well, i suppose necessity if that's fair to say it's one of those funny ones, isn't it? Because we, we all think now oh, we just used to being paid at the end of the month and there's this psyche that it's not my money till the end of the month. But um, that's not the case. You know, you, you, you're, you're, 
earning money on day one of the month. You've earned day one's pay. You know, on day two of the month, you've earned day two's pay. And it's just the system and the process that means that you don't get paid till the end of the month. And actually, that's only been allowed for about 60 years. Um, this, this year in May was the, the 60th anniversary of an act in Parliament that enabled employers to be able to pay their staff at the end of the month and, and into, into a bank account. Um, prior to that, it was sort of you know, cash on a weekly, much more regular basis. It was was this the law? So it's it's become institutionalised over that time, uh, and obviously during that time and accelerated in, in much more recent times, you've got the the, the complete opposite that the world has gone on demand. We control our lives through the touch of a smartphone, and the idea of you know waiting a month to buy something, waiting a month to do anything is, is kind of alien now. Everything's immediate, but we still have to wait to the end of the month to get the money we've already paid. So we're really using that experience um, from our previous days. Like how, do we, how do we change this? How do we challenge that? What can we do to do this differently? Why is it that way? Uh, and that's how, how it's really evolved. And it's okay, well, if you can do all these other things yourself, then is there a way in which we can give people access to, to, their, to their income immediately, to their earnings, so that they can use that and can control when, when they receive their income? Uh, and by giving people control, putting, you know, ultimately release, leaving financial stress, uh, helping them become more productive. And of course, in, in the flip of that, if you've got a more productive workforce, the, the organisation has got a better chance of being more productive as well. Well, that's actually, it's a really good point, actually, like providing that flexibility, I suppose, and, and financial well-being, I suppose, doesn't even benefit what is your end customer, right? It has a, a huge knock-on effect, I suppose, to to the employer, not only the employee, right? There's That must have a huge retention factor absolutely i mean the the we, we've recently relaunched our, released our third annual uh, workplace well-being study we do that to uh, you know really dig into uh, what's going on in the workforce um looking deep diving the financial health of the workforce and then seeing the impact that has on, on productivity and you know it's interesting watching those trends over x years we delayed this one slightly just because obviously in in the covid 19 world we wanted to be able to get some more information about that and see, see how that's coming coming along uh, and we've seen a number of things that have come out of that um you know the 66 percent of the uk workforce are in financial stress um interesting enough it's slightly less this year than it was previously. But the flip of that is it's been very polarizing COVID. And what we've seen is the um, those that are in financial stress are in more severe financial stress. So you've got 59% of people applying for high cost credit, payday loan, worst of all payday loans, but obviously credit cards, overdrafts, et cetera, as well. They're doing so knowing that they're going to struggle with repayment. It's having really, really bad problems. And that that's causing... 28% of the, the workforce are not sleeping properly at night. And obviously, you can imagine the impact that has. You know, lots of people, 30% of the workforce are saying it's affecting their work. And 7% are saying that they're actually off absent, they're sick as a result of financial stress. And that's just our own finding. If you look at this across the board, Ernst Young released a study on the earnings on demand market, so the market in which we're, we're pioneering, and found that financial stress costs the company roughly £3,500 a year of lost productivity. Now, you know, whether you're a company with five employees or a company with 50,000 employees, that's a big number based on the size you are when every single one of your employees is effectively 3,500 pounds a year less productive. And the extremes are, the flip of that is, well, if you can give them that control, that flexibility, if you can help relieve that financial stress, um, you can have very big positive impacts with improved traction, retention and engagement. So 
You know, the overall 52% of people are telling us that that actually earnings on demand would, would make them more likely to stay with an employer. And as you can imagine, that increases further when you start looking at the younger generation. So between 18 and 24-year-olds, 75% of 18 to 24-year-olds are more likely to stay with their employer that's offering. And again, our own data, because then you look at, you know, this is an independent study, looking at our own data, the when people actually have that, um, we're seeing even bigger gains. So you know, 49% of the work are being more productive at work, 12% reduction in sick days as a result. And actually 77% of, the, of Hasty users are happier and more engaged at work than they were before Hasty. So really, really interesting, uh, behavior, you know, really interesting engagement and attraction and retention um, statistics that are coming out of it. And you know, it, there's, why wouldn't you do this as an employer? Yeah, like I, the, the benefits and, and the data seem seem very clear not only for the for the for the employee but also the employer as well right and that retention especially now during covid times is 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 really important um you you noted a really interesting point for me when you talk about the 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 18 to 24 year old market and the the gen z demographic do you think that you know like like you like we touched on earlier that the that generation naturally have everything on demand, whether it's, you know, television through Netflix or food through Deliveroo. Do you think this this will become a, a norm? Um, do you think it will be a, a necessity that this demographic or age group would require and ask for? I absolutely believe that it's only a matter of time this becomes absolutely the norm. This is the way everyone's get paid. Why wouldn't? You want this? Why wouldn't you want to have the opportunity and control it? What's interesting is it's not. It, this is across the board, though. It's not. The, it's not just restricted to eighteen to twenty-four year olds. Um, obviously, you look at the adoption of all technology and apps and financial apps and what have you. That, that it's more prevalent. You know, the near banks, etc., within the, the Gen Zs and the millennials. But we're seeing interesting things across the spectrum. So after the 18, 24-year-old category, the, the next highest category that value this are those actually higher earners, those earning 75 to 100 grand a year, want that control. Um, very often they might have assets, but they're often very cash flow tight. You know, they've got school fees or mortgages, or it might have, you know, there's a lot of financial pressure on these people and small changes to, uh, you know, an unexpected cost can have a big impact on on all sorts of different um, you know scenarios. Again, we've also got we work a lot in the in the healthcare and care sectors, and one of the things we've seen is while well, we you know started off with the app, we developed the iWatch app, which is obviously lots of millennials and Gen Zs are are using technology you know as part of their everyday lives. We also had to you know further develop our tablet apps because there are a number of people that are working perhaps part-time in you know semi-retired that don't have smartphones or don't use their smartphones certainly for financial services but are much more comfortable using a tablet so again it's across the board how people are, are using that and i think that's one of the things that we we really need to you know as employers particularly we really need to sort of be really open-minded about how people think about this it, it kind of takes me back to my A-level biology and studying animal behavior. And uh, one of the things that stuck with me around that is, you know, we, when we're thirsty, we, we have that sense of thirst. Uh, and that's just a connection of, you know, impulses that, that we, you know, that, that going around our body. And a, a dog is thirsty. But that doesn't mean that a dog's 
sense of thirst is exactly the same. It is just, you know, it's brain saying you need more water and it behaves differently. And then we need as, as people to um, show empathy around, okay, well, different people need different things. Different people want to control their finances different ways. Different people uh, have a different approach, deal with stress differently, et cetera. And, and we must be really accommodating to that and open-minded. And, you know, see, see how, how the, the evolution of how people use this product, product evolves. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting concept and how this provision of wage flexibility filters into various different other parts of, of the employee's life, right? Especially during COVID times where they need such flexibility in order to be able to spend and budget uh, and, and manage all of the other financial stresses that they have in their life to create, uh, I suppose, a fuller sense of well-being across the board, right? And how that contributes then to the employer. It's a perpetual cycle, I think is my my overarching point, I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, you know, life doesn't happen on a monthly cycle anymore. We well, you know that. But that's, actually, exactly, that's exactly the way to put it, yeah. But, but as human beings, we don't operate on a monthly cycle either. You know, it, we're, we're still hunter-gatherers. That's not going to change. The idea of hunting and gathering on day one and then not eating until day 30 is alien to us. We're to starve to death, right? It just doesn't work. So by linking effort and rewards together, it changes the way people think about that effort and reward. It changes the motivations. And that's one of the reasons we're seeing this increased engagement. That's one of the reasons we're seeing reduced absenteeism. That's one of the reasons we're seeing increased productivity because of that link between effort and reward and then being able to use that reward as you see fit, control how you use that reward. It's, it's super, super powerful at a, you know, a, a really core level. And, and that we, we, we see that actually about how people are engaging with, with our app, with our technology. You know, so the average user, they're withdrawing funds, yeah, you know, roughly yeah, four times a month, roughly once a week, which kind of makes sense, right? We we operate on on a daily cycle, on a weekly cycle, and actually, as human beings, we basically operate on a daily, a weekly, and then a seasonal cycle. Months are pretty arbitrary; it doesn't really work in our psyches. Um, but while they're in, yeah, you know, withdrawing funds roughly once once a week, they're in our app about seventy times a month because they're using it as a money management tool. They're they're seeing, okay, how much have I earned today, and Actually, what will I earn today if I get up? And, you know, what's my time worth? What's my effort worth? And if I use that effectively, how can I then make better financial decisions? How can I consume the financial education we're doing? Because it's, it's much bigger than just having access to, to that income. It's, it's actually linking it to, to the effort that's gone into it, giving that control, improving people's financial education and understanding, uh, and therefore, a much more holistic sort of financial health. I like to call it financial fitness. You know, you, you go to the gym to get fitter and to healthier. Uh, you know, you, if you can use your earnings to uh, and that motivation to then drive better financial understanding, financial fitness, that can be really, really powerful. Yeah, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more at all. Um, you, know, you link it in with, with savings. So, you know, this effort... I put in this effort today, you know what, I'm not just going to you know, blow it on a new pair of trainers. I'm actually going to go, actually, I've worked really hard for that. I'm going to save some of that. I'm going to put it into something that I really want, I need. I'm going to you know, save some over a period of time. I'm going to change that behavior, et cetera. It, it's interesting um, in to me that you know, financial services and, and, and fintech has obviously you know, seen a huge shift over the last you know, decade or so, and it's it's sped up very, very quickly, and there's been a huge amount of innovation from online banking, mobile banking. It's um, it's an interesting concept that I'd like your view on as to why payroll and and this concept of earnings on demand has has only become so prevalent now, uh, and why that why that shift has been not slower, but is catching up ever so quickly. 
there's a number of different contributory factors. First of all, it's different. It's new. It's rethinking the way that you do it. And it's quite hard to do because you've got to suck in information from lots of different sources. I mean, effectively, it's about three pillars of information as far as we're concerned. It's about identity. So who's working for who? More broadly, who owes who? Some, some money, some earnings. Time. So when is that work occurring? When does that debt, you know, that, that, you know, that accrued income, when does that liability to pay happen? Uh, and, and then obviously value. And getting that information from the different sources to be able to do it accurately is really important. And then putting it together in a world with, um, to make it simple to use, to educate the market of, of what this means. Um, so I, I think, you know, while, while banking has been out there and we've seen the challenger banks, a lot of the challenger banks have gone down the route of actually, you know, a lot of it's quite core of a simple number of products. They've unbundled some of the banking products to provide a, you know, a more intuitive in- interaction, um, but it's not massively different. What we've done is we've kind of, we're challenging finance. We want to work with the banks. We work, you know, in the whole ecosystem, you know, they've got big balance sheets that, that we can use, that we can, you know, help get the funds into people's hands. You know, we work, we, we, we see ourselves as challenging the way that finance operates, but working within that financial space rather than just challenging the challenger banks, you know, challenging the banks in, in that way. Um, so technology was important, you know, obviously the, the evolution of APIs, sucking the information out, um, the consumerization of the workplace has definitely helped. Uh, and then more broadly, you know, there was a much greater awareness and understanding of the um, importance of mental health, the deteriorating mental health within society, within the workplace, and that link between financial stress and poor mental health. I mean, financial stress is the single biggest cause of poor mental health. Mm-hmm. And then with that, you know, what can we do to, to, to help that? And, and partly looking at this because, you know, the incentive is there for employers to make their, their workforce more productive. Um, so the more they can understand the impact of poor mental health and the impact of financial stress uh, having on their employees, the, the greater awareness of that, uh, the more likely they are to start adopting things like this as well. Yeah, completely. I suppose it's maybe a, a slight leap, but you, you create a more democratic version of, of payroll, right? You're creating a, uh, a, a better environment for people to, to pay and be paid. Yeah, it's financial inclusion as well. Yeah, exactly. Very, very often, it's the the people that can least have the least number of options that that perhaps pay the most for those options available. The, you know, it's the poverty premium, as it's known. You know, the, those on lower incomes can't go and get the good rates of the credit cards. They can't go and get the you know the better rates on loans. They're forced into high cost credit. They're forced into missing, not being able to buy essential purchases. Uh, and as I mentioned, I mean, COVID-19 is accentuating and accelerating that problem. 41% of the workforce has taken on more debt as a result of COVID. You know, that is not a good situation to be in. You know, people are sacrificing essential essential purchases. Um, but also, we've seen all changes of behaviour. You know, obviously, quite rightly, we're seeing reduction in luxury goods being bought and things mm. like that. Uh, but also this flexibility of, you know, this ever-changing environment, you know, suddenly there's another lockdown and you actually might need to buy something when you need to buy it. We saw, we saw the run on toilet roll at the beginning of the, of the first first lockdown. <laughs> um, you know, you needed to be able to buy toilet roll when it was available, <laughs> um, you know, and, and that didn't wait for payday. So, I mean, that's quite a slogan, isn't it? Toilet roll won't wait for payday. Uh, <laughs> maybe you should have used you, you can coin that one. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the, the environment's changing you know, and that flexibility. One of the things we have seen as well is we, we, we've seen that organisations and their workforces have 
been you know very flexible with each other through through COVID. I think that's partly necessity and partly partly empathy. Um, you know, eighty-seven percent of workers have been more flexible. Employers of you know more employers. Thirty-six percent of employers have um, invested in well-being, and actually twenty-two percent have actually provided budget for employees to buy equipment to make their work from home environment better and more productive as well. So that flexibility is there. People aren't taking on additional tasks again. Partly because a number of their colleagues might be furloughed, so they're having to pick up the work that they would otherwise be doing. So the, the flexibility is definitely there, and we're having to accommodate. You know, we're you know a pet or a child running into a, a Zoom call, and you know people dropping off and poor bandwidth, and all of those other things that have now become part of life. And that flexibility adapted. And then how can we then look beyond that? Of well, if we're being flexible in this way. Why wouldn't we be flexible around pay? And that's definitely definitely changing. We're seeing some real momentum um, mm. in in people being interested in what we're doing. It is new, um, and people are understandably wary of, of new things. But we're seeing real traction now in in our industry in earnings on demand. Uh, we you know one of our partners, Visa. You know their the, the, the statistics tell us that eighty one percent of employers are now considering. Whether they, you know, they're now considering uh, whether or not they should put in more financial well-being products, and obviously earnings on demand being one of those key things. Again, the US is slightly ahead uh, of us in the UK, uh, and they're seeing eighty-nine percent of companies in the US that are offering us are seeing reduced turnover. And if it's becoming increasingly hard to recruit, and certainly increasingly hard to train people uh, remotely, then actually holding on to your really good people matters. That retention is really, really important. Uh, and companies are going, you know what? Actually, what can we do to to help our our, our workforce to retain them, keep them engaged, and, and you know, ultimately you know, drive business? I suppose a global pandemic of COVID nineteen very much accentuates the need for such a service as, as Hasty, and indeed. Um, the flexibility, like you said, of of on-demand earnings. It, it would be interesting for me for, to understand from you what, um, because of COVID-19, but also in general, what you think the the future looks like beyond wider adoption. Yeah, so, I mean, we're, we, we've launched um, you know, the world's first debit card. It's important, really important. It's a debit card, not credit card with Visa. So, that gives people immediate access to, to their earnings on demand. So it's frictionless. What we're doing is effectively trying to take it from, you know, people getting out of bed and going to work and then being able to use that, the fruits of that labor frictionlessly to save, consume, and invest, right? You know, that effort is the key thing. And, and then how do you then sort of make it work in everyday life? How does that, how does that work across all of the different aspects of where you people uh, save, consume, and invest? You know, that's, that's our, our, our mission. We want to make it frictionless. So we, we want to, you know, really enhance people's, you know, lives, give them something that makes this happier, healthier place financially. And then, you know, beyond that, what, what more can we do? How can we layer more services on? How can we center that around the user? How can we give user that better understanding? How can we give them the better control? How can we make them, put them in charge of their finances in a better way to, to, to you know, give that option? Um, and then, you know, beyond that, what, what more can we do? That kind of feels to me like there's, there's some opportunities. Take, take Amazon, for example. They started off selling books. 
you know, our, our first product earnings on demand was kind of like our books. We're now going on that. They've got, you know, Amazon goes the one click and the store and the marketplace. And obviously we you know, launched the, the, as the, as the technology evolves, as our suite of products evolves, as the card is now there so that, you know, people can actually use the card as they do a normal debit card. You can tap and pay for your, you know, your, your two pass or your coffee, et cetera. It's just there. You're using your income, your earnings, um, frictionlessly. And we think that's going to be really, really powerful in driving, you know, the industry forward and that understanding and yeah yeah i i agree completely i think the creating a, a, an ecosystem where you have the ability to access and then spend those on-demand wages is is an incredibly powerful tool and there are obvious ancillary benefits that can be added along the way and i think uh yeah it's 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 a journey that Lots of companies will go on eventually, whether and and employees and users will go on, um, and, and I agree with you. Will will probably become um, very much normality in in the future. I mean, right, right now you've got companies who uh, you know are it's the early adopters and they're using it as a competitive advantage for them. Absolutely, they're able to attract, retain, engage their staff. They're making them more productive, and it's a competitive advantage compared to their rivals that aren't aren't doing it. We will get to a tipping point. Uh, and we talk about that mass adoption, we will see it over a period of time where suddenly it becomes the norm. And if you don't offer this, you're, you're going to miss out. Uh, mm-hmm. And the implications of that are, are, are very considerable. I mean, if you look at the UK alone, the workforce is the single biggest provider of working capital to their employers. You know, you, you're looking at it somewhere around sort of 50 billion um, a month of, of um, working capital is provided by the workforce, not taking their their pay until the end of the month. You compare that to you know SME lending at, at, at nine nine billion uh, of SME overdrafts. You know it is really really interesting to see how this is going to evolve and those products and services are there. And that's why there's such a big opportunity here, but also why we absolutely must and need to um, work with the wider financial ecosystem rather than just sort of you know going down a, a very narrow path. We you know we want to work with this wider ecosystem because that's how we can best serve the customer and best serve the you know both the user and the and the employer because yeah both of them are our customers right it's really important that but by working with both parties it means it's not a zero-sum game we operate in this environment where we've got a very big positive multiplier effect by making you know employees more productive that makes companies more productive that means they can employ more people and pay those people more that means more money going through here and so on and so forth uh, and how can we you know enhance that yeah absolutely right it creates a, a positive cycle for the whole ecosystem right it's the employee the employer and then the ancillary uh, stakeholders benefit also yeah yeah brilliant well james it's been a it's been a pleasure speaking with you today for those who would uh like to find out more um what's the best way for people interested in hasty hasty to get in touch uh best place to go to is our website hasty.com that's h-a-s-t-e-e uh, where you can find more about Hasty, you can get in touch, you can download our, our work plus well-being studies for a bit of bedtime reading for those interested, um, and find out more about about the product and you know uh, sign up. Brilliant, great. Thanks again for for joining me, James, and and sharing some 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 great and interesting insight on on Hasty and uh, the world of earnings on demand. Thanks very much. Yes, thank you. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. 
Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.